0: Welcome to the Four Sportsmen of the Apocalypse podcast. A sports podcast created by four average guys, boredom, and a global pandemic. Here are your hosts, Brian, Kenny, Ryan, and Crom.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome to the Four Sportsmen of the Apocalypse podcast. As always, my name is Brian. I'm here with Dr. Jones. Hello, I'm here with Penny, who sounds like he just dropped a brick in his room. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And the man with the beard, Mr. Crom. Uh, so as always, we'll start with our <laughs> quick news. We will uh, First of all, we'll go in with our NFL, changing how they're uh, allowing different numbers for different positions. Um, on April 21st, the NFL approved a new rule, which relaxes certain position groups wearing certain numbers on the field, meaning you're going to see a lot of funky numbers associated with new certain positions. Um, I know Tom Brady wasn't pumped about this. I think it's kind of cool for a lot of guys, but, uh, Tom is the goat. So the rules tend to bend around his will.
0: <laughs> Why doesn't he like it? I don't understand. Like it doesn't affect him in any way, shape or capacity. I
1: guess when he's reading the defense or something, it's, he reads his certain numbers at certain can, positions so he knows who's, who's he coming will. at him. It's like a whole thing. I don't know. It's if they way.
0: wear a different colored Jersey, don't throw the ball to them or wait for them to run at you. Wow, Watch I could place as yeah. to why he's wow.
1: not going to win a Super Bowl. I couldn't win. I couldn't tell what numbers are chasing me. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: it's all about blocking schemes to him, too. Oh, blocking. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jog on. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand why this is big news, uh, but a lot of people seem to think it is big news. Uh, traditionalists and apparently Tom Brady will complain about anything. But I like it simply for the fact that it gives players more options and they can wear whatever number they want. Maybe some of those guys uh, that want to wear their um, college number that they weren't allowed to. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a ton of changes this season just because the rules for manufacturing stipulates that if they change their number during the scheduled season, they have to actually buy out the old stock of their jersey from their jersey distributor. So that could be like mucho dinero but if you make the change for the next season then you obviously don't have to do that uh guys like Jalen Ramsey, Teron Matthew, Derrick Henry, Derwin James just to name a few all wore different numbers in college that they didn't have access to originally so it'll be interesting to see you'll probably see a lot of those cool like I'm gonna buy you a Bentley if you give me your number kind of deals that you see all the time so (laughs) <laughs> um yeah, uh this is kind of a yeah, interesting but whatever for me. Yeah, I
2: I like it uh for the fact that you know you have a bunch of players um that are going to be switching up the numbers to go back to university numbers. I know it's kind of a big deal at like Florida State when uh, defensive back wears number 3 like it's kind of like a passing of the guard for the top DB. Um, you saw it with Der- Derwin James. That's why he wears 33 in the NFL is because he's not allowed to wear three. So he's one of the guys who I see switching over. Um, and then at LSU with the number seven, I mean, number seven's a huge deal in LSU. I mean, you had Grant Delpit wearing Patrick Peterson, Tyrone Matthew, Leonard Fournette that kind of goes to your top playmaker. And so those guys are the kind of the ones that, you know, I see switching over to that number seven and carry, carry that into the NFL. Cause it's a, it's a huge deal in college. I know college numbers have different meetings. I know, I don't know the backstory behind Syracuse and number 44. That's another one where I think it's like the top player on the team. wears that one? I was reading up on it today. So it's, yeah, you're <laughs> going to see players switching over, but. That's a fullback number. 44. I, like, right?
1: What? It's Kyle, you really
2: check <laughs> in Syracuse. I was reading up on it today that number 44, it's like part of the area code. So like the okay. top player, wears it there? It's,
1: So you're going to see players that are wearing the the university numbers into the NFL. Usually 1 through 20 is like the big numbers to pick. Could you imagine trying to fight over number 44?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can buy me a crab dinner for 44. (laughs) Little Red Lobster's
1: open, can't wait to (laughs) hear.
0: Buttery biscuits.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Ben, you have anything to add to that one or
3: we'll go right into soccer? Man, you know what? I have nothing I, to me it's just a fucking number. I don't really care. If you can't figure out your number, I don't care. The other team wears a different color jersey. Numbers are numbers to me. Whatever.
1: Good good for you NFL. It's it's a number. It's a big deal. Super big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um over to uh, a little bit of soccer here. One of the big news stories right now is uh, Arsenal fans creating a massive protest outside of uh, Emirates Stadium. Um, uh, so on Sunday, a lot of the Arsenal announced that they were one of the 12 founding members of a new super league, uh, following substantial backlash. However, the North London club pulled out of the super league along with other so-called big six premier leagues on Tuesday.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about a, a pretty crazy week for the beautiful game. And if you ever call it soccer again, in my presence, I might fight you. This is football okay or we're, we're talking talkable. football on the next no, no, talk american football this is the beautiful game this is football it's um fun, listen it wasn't just arsenal that had a big issue um soccer fans let's see what i did there um kind <laughs> <laughs> of dumb it down for the host um football fans around the world were absolutely up in arms um, 12 of the best and wealthiest teams from both the EPL La Liga and Syria decided they want to play more games against each other for higher quality matches and additional financial resources for the overall football pyramid. Uh, it's an interesting idea as it would allow, uh, more casual or part-time fans to watch more of those marquee matchups rather than, you know, turning on Burnley versus Man U on a Sunday morning. Um, but the reaction was, was was definitely not positive. As not only fans but governing bodies, quickly, uh, including UEFA and FIFA, said that there were uh, there, was, there was bad for football, and uh, there was going to be a ton of different consequences, like t- players being unable to play for their country, um, no other interleague competitions, i.e., the Champions League, and more. I uh, quickly fell apart as three days after an announcement, nine out of the 12 clubs, Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, Tottenham, Atletico Madrid, and both AC and Inter Milan exited the league with only Juventus, Barcelona, and Real Madrid remaining. It seemed really rushed. This is an idea that's been going on for five, six years, but I'm kind of curious as to why now they had to make this announcement that this league was going. My guess is money in the back end. Um, we're going to have to watch and see where this goes as it's reported that the nine teams that did back out actually can't leave because they've signed binding contracts to this super league, but they have announced that they're going to reevaluate and took, look to reshape this league and the idea. So stay tuned because it is going to be crazy. We're talking billions and billions of dollars.
1: It's pretty crazy to think that it even got to a protesting standpoint, but you know, soccer or across season, they call it footy might be uh, one of the most popular sports in the world. So I do get it. it. the pretty- most
0: popular sport in the world. Yes. 100%. It's yes. the most popular sport in the world. And when you've got it, – it all comes down to dollars and cents. You've got the governing bodies of these clubs wanting to do this. But you've got guys like Jürgen Klopp, uh, who's a head coach of Liverpool. He said he didn't want to do it. The players don't want to do it. Fans don't want to do it. You've got guys like Boris Johnson, prime minister of the UK, doesn't want to do it. Like there's a ton of elements here. Uh, not just, you know, some teams wanting to do, to make a bit more cash. So it's crazy to think though, that the, the, the big ploy is we need, we're, we're in financial problems. Well, yeah, you're paying one guy, $300 million to play football for you. So um uh, might look to balance the scales a little bit with some of these top heavy teams, but uh, it'll be interesting to follow along with for sure.
2: This almost seemed like another way for the super rich people to take more money from rich people. Um, it's, I mean, you're taking money away from the fans, the players, the clubs. Um, yes, things do need to change, I think. Um, but clearly this wasn't the way, so they'll have to come up with another idea and go back to the drawing board.
3: Well, I'd like to go see what, I mean, I talked about this with Felicia about it because she's a huge football fan. In my household. Good job pronouncing it. I'm not allowed to call it soccer. I'm only allowed to call it soccer. It's not called soccer. That's that's
1: domestic abuse. She can't hit you. Like twice if you're uh, in trouble. Just
3: just just (laughs) think about it. When the Europeans who play football out there, they come to America to play soccer because it's easier. That's their retirement. Think of it that way. (laughs) But uh it's kind of Yeah, considering it kind of dissolved in three days after it's been announced that they're doing it. um, I look at the Premier League and all the other leagues across the board, and every time a team does really bad in that league, they always bring someone up. This kind of negates that. Yeah, you have the 12 top richest, best teams that you have, but it doesn't really get that competitiveness from anyone who's underneath them. So it doesn't surprise me that football fans were going nuts about it because that's what they like to see. They like to see the challenging underdog take on Man U, take on Chelsea, Liverpool, all those teams. Yeah, Um, and that's the beauty.
0: That's the beauty of it, right? That's why people go. That's the beauty of things like, like competitions like the Champions League where you can get these second, third, fourth tier um, teams who go to play at, you know, Webley stadium against one of the big names and yeah, they might get trounced or, but you, you know, it's a, it's a, it could be a once in a lifetime event for some, some fans. Um, so uh, yeah, I could, I definitely see the, the traditional side of it and where it gets a little uh, where, where the up in armsness was about it. But um, when you're talking about this much money, I, I would, uh, yes, it's down to three teams. I would definitely say this is far from dead.
3: I would say so too, but I mean, the hardship of it is like, yeah, they're in financial trouble because they say COVID and everything that's going on. But I remember growing up, Tottingham was a, a terrible football team. They were like bottom of the barrel. They're always switching out. And now they're probably top 10 in that, in that league. And they don't even get a sniff. It's kind of, I can see as a, as a fan standpoint over there, why it's, why it's such a big uproar.
1: All right, we'll move into the uh, the main course again. As it were, we're going to move over to some uh, American football. And uh, we'll start off with the uh, the part two of our draft here, same as we did a couple of weeks back with the same format. Uh, one of us will talk. The other ones will go with our picks to see if they kind of match up or if they differ. Um, again, it'll go Penny Crom, Ryan, me, and then so on and so on. So we'll start off with Penny again with the Arizona Cardinals at 16.
3: Oh, this is good. This is good. I actually can pronounce this name one. <laughs> Is it Joe Schmo? Oh, I wish Joe oh, Schmo. <laughs>
2: John Smith. Greg.
3: Greg Newsom.
1: Greg Newsom, cornerback. The cornerback. second. <laughs> this, sorry. Yes, the second. Greg Newsom does late two. I think he <laughs> might be. <laughs> I personally think
3: that he's probably not one of the better cornerbacks. I think Caleb Farley's better than him, but I think he'll be drafted higher because of his health concerns that he's been having and I really don't have much on this. They're going to
0: pick him.
1: I agree with you that I think Caleb Farley is one of the best cornerbacks in the class, if it's not for Patrick Sutan, but um, I do have Caleb Farley going here because the Cardinals have nothing to lose. If he gets hurt, they wait a year. If he turns out to be the best, then it's a home run hit at 16. So I think Caleb Farley.
0: Yeah, I had Caleb Farley going uh, 13 to the Chargers. So I I definitely would agree with you. If he makes it this far, it'll definitely be Caleb Farley. Uh, Because um, I think I had the top three corners, Sutan, uh, Farley, and uh, JC Horn all going in the top 15. I don't think they're going to go a corner here. I think they're going to go edge and they're going to go Gregory Rousseau, which is uh, out of Miami. Um, freak athlete um, they definitely have a, a, a need on that edge um, to to get a little younger um, and uh, I think that's kind of the best value pick that they can get especially with the top three corners out so uh, Greg Rousseau.
2: I have Aziz Ojalari,
0: actually another edge defender um, I have
2: Greg Rousseau not here I also have Caleb Farley dropping even further um, so I mean the Cardinals are set on offense um, you can grab a tight on tight end a little bit later, which is another one of their needs. And here I don't have like a great defensive tackle as well. Um, Ojalary, like like Ryan said, they need to get younger on the edge. Um, and he's a strong edge defender. And I think that this is where he goes, in my opinion.
1: All right, on to uh, number 17 pick. We got the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll start with Karam.
2: Um, So this is where I have Christian Derrissaw going. Um, the Raiders have fully... Destroyed their offensive line in the off season, and now they have to rebuild it. In my opinion, and this is, uh, I think on my board he's the last tackle available. So, the last kind of that range in the mid mid picks. A uh, lot of the other ones I think are a little bit of a reach, including my next pick to the Dolphins. Um, but yeah, this is a tackle.
1: I kind of went the opposite direction. I went on defense again. I. I actually think that the Vikings. I know I had the Vikings taking an uh, offensive tackle, but I think that they either might trade down or take Quiddy Pay, who I actually have here for the Raiders if he drops that far, um, or Micah Parsons if he drops that far too, or Nick Pearson's whatever you want to call him. Either way, <laughs> um, but despite playing four games this season, Pay is one of the best passers in the class with a 26.5% win rate, which is insane. Um, that's the third highest of any rusher since 2020. So I think he, I don't think he's going to drop very far. And he'll be one of the first edge rushers off the board.
0: Yeah, see, I had Quidipe going at uh, 11 to the Giants, so he's clearly not available here in mine. Uh, I actually have them going with Trevon Morig, safety at a TCU. Uh, another first-round safety for Mayock and Gruden. But just two years after taking the Abram at the end of the opening round, the Raiders, I think, are going to dip back into that position with Morig who brings a ton of versat- versatility and instincts. Um, they play in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, so they need as solid a secondary as humanly possible in the past happy league that is now the NFL. So, uh, yeah, Trevon rig safety, TCU. See, and I have a defensive
3: tackle in Trevor Jenkins. Did I say that name right? Trevor Jenkins? Oh, the Close offensive
0: enough. tackle? You mean Trevon Jenkins? Offensive, offensive
1: tackle? Sorry. Or Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle.
3: Yeah, sorry, that's an O, not a D in my notes. Um.
1: <laughs> oh, dude,
3: I write really fast. It's okay. I can't write <laughs> letters are letters, numbers are numbers, and I don't see them very well. And Michael Parsons. Um, Vickers,
1: so, yeah.
3: yeah, like Mark Parsons, right? Mark Parsons, person, Parsons, Parsons, Matt. Um, <laughs> I just, do you know what, he's? he can use his strength and his attitude to kind of replace that uh, free agent disappointment in Trent, uh, Trent Brown that they had last year. So, I feel like he's going to be a good fit over there.
1: Uh, number 18, we have the second pick from the Miami Dolphins. Um, we'll start with Ryan on this one.
0: Uh, I have them going with Jalen Phillips, edge out of Miami. Uh, after getting their premier wide receiver at sixth, I think the Dolphins are going to need – Uh, We'll fill another need here with homegrown talent and homegrown is air quotations. Uh, Phillips is freakishly athletic are already has a ton of pass rush moves and comes with some significant upside. Uh, This one is just too good for both sides, not to expect it to happen. So uh, Jalen Phillips edge Miami at 18 to Miami. I actually have this as a trade-off spot for
2: a couple teams. I know we're not doing trades, so if the Dolphins don't move down, I have Penny's pick on last one in Tevin Jenkins, although I do feel like that's a little bit of a reach here um, with them taking, in my draft anyways, taking Jamar Chase earlier. Um, They still need a tackle, and this is Tevin Jenkins because he's kind of the best of the next set of tackles, and this offensive tackle draft is insanely deep. Um, but I think he's kind of the next best one and he's been flying up draft boards lately as well. So Tevin Jenkins to the dolphins.
1: I agree. I think that the dolphins might either trade down or take an offensive tackle. I have Alex Leatherwood here, which is also my stripper name. Um, I would, uh, I would love to see <laughs> Did
0: you say Leatherwood or Littlewood. Cause the second one's right.
1: <laughs> Littlewood's more fitting. Leatherwood's more accurate. Um, I would love to see Najee Harris go here, but I know there's no way in hell he's going to be taken this early unless they do. It's still a reach. Um, But I think offensive tackle smart here. I could see Tevin Jenkins or Leatherwood going here, but uh, I took Alex Leatherwood. You would like Leatherwood, wouldn't you, Brian?
3: (laughs) Sick bastard. Uh, I agree with Ryan on the edge tackle with Phillips. Uh, You know what? He's in Miami. I think he's going to stay in Miami for quite a few more years. Um, I feel like he's gonna be a good sit fit. He's got explosiveness. He's got all that toughness. He comes nearly a total package. He's just gonna watch and stay healthy.
1: All right, move over to number nineteen, the Washington Football Team. Um, start with myself here. I've, I think they still might trade up for a quarterback if one of them drops. But in the sense of this case, we're just talking about where they might go at nineteen. I've got Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, linebacker. Um, They have several avenues here, but their offense moves failed to address linebacker with coverage skills. Um, McCuse Moore is a great fit as a three-down off-ball linebacker with the second-highest PFF slot coverage grade of any player last season. So I've got him one here.
0: Uh, I don't know where we said we weren't doing trades because if you all remember, I have this being um, a trade spot where they traded up with the Minnesota Vikings – Uh, to go and get Mac Jones. So I actually have this as the Vikings taking Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, I think it's a great spot for them. They're going to get some asset accumulation and still get a potential star tackle. Um, I hate the Vikings because I'm a Bears fan, but this would be an absolute home run for them if if they actually could go ahead, trade down, accumulate some more and uh, And pick up bear Tucker, so that's where and, I have this book and grab a taco right
1: before your bears do,
0: yeah
1: <laughs> so
2: for me um I have this is a maybe perhaps a trade down spot if they're happy with fits um yeah because, but and here's here's my reasoning behind it the you still have Kellen Mond who is some analysts have him rated higher than Mac Jones currently. So they trade down from here to take um, Kellen Mond later in the first or early in the second. Um, If not, they also need help on the offensive line. Um, You see Jalen Mayfield, Alex Leatherwood on my board still. So uh, perhaps Jalen Mayfield, um, but this is a, a trade-down spot um, for Kellen Mond, in my opinion.
1: And honestly, I kind of agree with you in the sense that they might trade down because Dwayne Haskins, as great as he was, kind of stained their, uh, their first round. Or was he early second? I think I'm pretty sure he was late first.
0: Uh, early second.
1: Early second, yeah. And uh, he turned out to be a, a home run hit. <laughs> it's
0: probably the one thing that Washington hasn't been able to do is draft a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> And and when they have hit home runs on quarterbacks, see RG three here, um, they just have absolutely destroyed his career. So, uh, yeah, yeah. If they I, again, I don't have Washington picking here. They've traded up and drafted Mac Jones um, in our our previous episode. So, I do want to fact check myself.
2: Dwayne Haskins was taken round one, pick fifteen. Yeah, ah, so right around this.
0: Yeah, so it's yeah. You're thinking of uh, Lamar Jackson.
1: Yes,
2: sir. But yeah, this yeah trade down for Washington here. They can, and then they can sit Kellen Mond behind Fitz for an entire year.
1: Can we
0: move on from this damn pick? So I don't have to hear fucking <laughs> fit, I'm Fitz. I'm so Fitz, done Fitz, Fitz, talking. Ryan wants to
1: get off Washington before I start talking about Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Who do you got here, Penn at 19? Okay,
3: I don't know how to say his first name. I don't want to say his last name. <laughs> Holy I'm I gonna,
1: swear to God, if it's Alex,
3: okay. <laughs> it's not <laughs> Alex. Okay, you like... have to... Is it Alex? You ha... No, I haven't gone way further. Again. It's okay. Let's say, the um, one. we'll help you. Is it Condaris Tony?
2: Ah, Darius,
3: oh, Darius. I like it. I have him going here to compliment uh, Curtis Samuels. He they add another explosive, versatile weapon in Tony. His ability as a slaughter outside will h- allow him and Samuels to confuse
1: the defense and allow Fitz Magic to throw the ball to McLaurin, so it must make him fucking happy. He's a very underrated wide receiver in this class, and uh, I actually like that pick um, if they didn't sign Curtis Samuel. But, yeah, we'll see. It's uh, That's an interesting take on it for sure. Move mm-hmm. over to... Absolutely. What's that?
2: I said, oh, absolutely. It's a, That's actually a, a solid take.
1: Move over to Ryan's Chicago Bears. I'm gonna actually If I could only say there. the name properly, though. <laughs> but uh, number 20, Chicago Penny, who do you got? See, uh,
3: if there's – if Matt Jones is still available, they got to draft a quarterback. I don't have him in here. I have Christian um, Dershaw going. Yep. The Bears need to fix that offensive line with some tackles, and I feel Christian – is a very good tackle for here for them and it fits their fits them properly
0: i want to spend as little time talking about my dumpster fire of a team so i fully agree if it's uh not a quarterback it's christian darissa because i still he's the highest rated tackle i have left thank you
2: i won't spend much no more time making no more comments
0: i won't spend much time making fun of you either but in my draft mac jones i uh i'll I'll take mac jones but he's not gonna make it the point (laughs) no i can you imagine if i get if we get mac jones i could buy a jones jersey and i don't feel guilty (laughs) (laughs) for
1: everybody out there ryan's last name is jones so that makes total sense (laughs) um i think they're gonna stick with andy dalton i think they're gonna take tevin jenkins uh offensive tackle I won't get into it too much, but uh, they definitely need to address that on the offensive line. And uh, Andy Dalton's not a bad QB, so if they can get him some protection, you might be able to make some plays. (laughs) Uh, Moving on, you you
0: almost you almost (laughs) finished that sentence without laughing, (laughs) almost.
1: I'm always laughing. Okay, I can't help it. (laughs) Um, at number twenty-one, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Mr. Kroll, who do you got? This is where I have Alex Alex Leatherwood landing. Um,
2: They need. Someone to help out Quentin Nelson on that O-line. That O-line has been solid for a couple years. Um, You get a monster to land in there, and Alex Weatherwood fits the team, fits the spot. uh, It'd be a solid pick, and I think the Colts would come away real happy if Alex Weatherwood comes to them.
1: I've actually got Jalen Phillips dropping here, the edge rusher, Um, mostly for the fact is it's kind of hard to tell with his durability concerns. Um, If the Colts are confident in their medical evaluation, he's a potential steal here. Again, he might drop earlier. The between the edge rushers and the offensive tackles after 14, like it's it's pretty much a crapshoot for whoever's going to go. So it's kind of tough to tell.
0: Yeah, see, and I also have them taking an edge, but I don't have them taking obviously um, uh, Jalen Phillips. I have them taking Aziz Ojolari uh, out of out of Georgia. Uh, left tackle is definitely the most glaring need for this roster. Uh, but they're definitely—they're typically not a team that forces picks, uh, especially if their targets are already gone. Um, Ojolari would upgrade, and another important spot on the roster uh, on the other side of the ball, of course, without taking some pressure off of all-pro defensive tackle DeForest Buckner. So, uh, Ojolari uh, to the Colts.
3: And see, I have offensive tackle Liam oh, Fuck Inchenberg. E-
2: Eichenberg. Eichenberg. Is it Eichenberg? Eichenberg.
3: Uh yeah, to replace that long left tackle from, with Anthony, uh, yeah, it uh, can also be viewed as a guard and a tackle. Uh, he does fit that offense.
1: Good. I, I just I pick names. It's going to come down to best player available at each at each spot. It's 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 going to come to who, what do we need? Who is left? Okay, we're going to take that. Uh, jumping to number twenty-two, got the Tennessee Titans for Mister Ryan Jones.
0: Uh, this is where I have Greg Newsom the second going. Uh, Titans quarterback depth chart is kind of thin, with only Janoris Jenkins and Christian Fulton plus a bunch of journeymen. Uh, so I figured they'll start to target this position early and often in the draft. The fit is intriguing for Mike Vrabel's defense, as Newsom possesses side speed and technical ability in coverage. Um, so yeah, Newsom the second right here.
1: So much like you, Ryan, I had. You had Jalen Phillips a couple picks back and then Ojolari last pick. I've got Ojolari here for the edge. Um, He played 11 games for the Bulldogs. Uh, I know he only played a few last year, but he tallied 33 total tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, five sacks and one forced fumble. So he's a terrific edge rusher. Again, this edge and tackle class is just stacked. So I've got him going here.
2: This is where in my draft where Caleb Farley's fall comes to an end. uh, Here is where... They they need someone to help out on that the DB side and Caleb Farley is too good of a talent not to take here so if uh, if he free falls the Titans get possibly the best corner to land in their lap in the draft so well, I'm sorry Chrome I kind of got a little bit of, like who'd you pick do you pick Farley on this one yeah Caleb Farley
3: okay um, see I have a linebacker going here to the Titans I have Collins going here um. Tennessee's coaches could utilize Collins with an outside linebacker. He's very athletic. Um, He could play inside because he's he's a linebacker. He's freaking huge like any other player. (laughs) And they get a strong player who is just beginning to scratch the surface of his potential. So I feel like they're going to go for a linebacker on this one to help protect, to help what they need. But all these other picks are pretty good.
1: Uh, number 23, we got the New York Jets. Uh, this pick was via Seattle throughout the year there. Um, the J-E-T-X, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, I've got maybe a bit of a reach, but I've got Travis, or Travis ATN, sorry, uh, the running back, um, paired well oh, with Mike LeFleur's offense, um, which should be more run-heavy this year because the Michael P. Ryan is not the answer. Um, Kyle Shanahan's team, like in San Francisco, is coming into here, so he's a great pass catching back. He'll fit into the offense, with most likely Zach Wilson and uh, it'll be great to see.
2: So for me, the jets have so many holes on their entire roster. You have to go best player available in my draft. That's Jason away right now. He's, he's still on the board. Um, It's a great spot for the jets to take him. You got to take the best player available. You have so many holes. You don't, you can't kind of go nitpicking positions and we've seen, in the last couple of years, I know Brian with the ETN, although I love ETN, I think he's going to be a great running back. I think you, he sits and he's available for you back at what the second pick in the second round for them. So you take your bet, the best player
0: available on the board. And that's uh, Jason away right now. Uh, See, so I have them taking a running back here as well, uh, but I have them taking Najee Harris out of Alabama uh, he's a real backfield threat who proved himself a playmaker, whether searching for holes between tackles or grabbing classes in the flat, which is exactly what new quarterback Zach Wilson is going to need. Uh, and they're going to tailor their draft to give that kid as many weapons and options as possible. So I have Najee Harris going here.
3: I will agree. A running back with Najee Harris. I have him as well going here. <laughs> You want to compliment Zach Wilson being in the Jets. Um, Like you said, uh, Brian, before, Michael P. Ryan is not the answer. You need to grab one here. And he is a very good running back. He's proven himself to find holes and between tackles and grabbing passes. I feel like he's going to be the answer with Wilson.
1: At number 24, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll start with Penny on this one. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh.
3: Oh, it's not the Penguins. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I have a center going here. I have Creed Humphrey going in, in this position. Um, He's a center. He's got everything that people want. He's got strong hands. I mean, he used to be an, a pro wrestler basically in his younger days. He's very athletic, can move into space as well as provide pass protection for everyone on that. And you can also replace the retired, I don't even fucking know how to pronounce that name, Marquise, Marquise, Pouncy Pouncy Pouncy.
0: you got Marquise right but you could get Pouncy. what, what, it does it doesn't
3: what? look like a, it, it doesn't look like a P in my notes, it looks like a line,
0: it's called typing, <laughs> what are you, in the 1990s,
1: Jesus, He's got the chisel and the hammer, he's growing on a piece of rock,
3: Hey, I have an antique typewriter. Okay, that's what I use. Oh, did you say so, antique typewriter? <laughs> oh, God.
0: Oh, you know where, God. You go, where you go I like love... this? You type and then you slide it. <laughs> it's a typewriter. I love how your I love how your first pro for this guy was strong hands that broke me. <laughs> <laughs> the love strong your, hands. Love your men
3: with strong hands, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't tell my wife. Okay.
0: Oh, um. <laughs> Jesus. I also have um, the offensive line here. I have Tevin Jenkins. Um, I need to address it and bring uh, get some help for Big Ben uh, since he seems to not want to quit. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you might also have a lot of pressure from fans to go after a running back here. Um, but, don't uh, do it. I don't think – I think that's a reach, especially with – we've only got one coming off the board with – um, less than eight picks to go. You could probably get some value in the second or third round anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with Tevin Jenkins.
2: I have Liam Eikenberg going here. It fills a hole of the departed Alejandro Villanueva. So. Um, How oh, the fuck can
0: you say that? <laughs> Good thing you didn't try that one, Penny.
2: <laughs> There's a couple of names
3: on here. I don't
1: even
0: know. You what got that Marquise saying. right, but couldn't say Pound.
1: Pal- <laughs> Penny trying do to you know up, why? like him gargling water. Uh, but
2: yeah he fits uh, the Steelers they don't have a bunch of holes on the roster and kind of the one that is a huge one is running back but you've seen in the last couple years with undrafted free agents and or teams getting good value out of second third fourth fifth round running backs just stepping into the league um, as long as they've got a off- good offensive line, they can take a running back later. And uh, here you take Liam Eichenberg and protect Big Ben for, um, as he can't move anymore. Get him a stroller
0: or get Amy, him a locker out to help we have, him. You
1: have Dwayne Haskins now. You're good. He can run. He can run.
0: Grab joint. <laughs> Ten yards.
1: I actually do have Najee Harris going here because he fits the Steelers' offense. I agree that it would probably be a reach. But I think they're going to get scared and take the. They think this is a running back of the future compared with like Derrick Henry. He's got that James Conner type mold. He's very nitty gritty, and uh, he's good at pass catching too. So I think they might get scared and take Najee Harris here.
0: The only reason I don't see him taking, I and you hit the nail on the head, is that he's like that 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 mold that you just mentioned. But they obviously didn't value that mold because they've let what they let Conner the Bell go. they let, let Bell go. Like they just don't have the value. Um, so I think they can get a better pick and protect Ben and still address the running back need down the road. So, like like you could yeah, David Montgomery, uh, Kenyon Drake, the uh, uh, Philip Lindsay, all got, like undrafted. Like there's lots of guys that are getting in third, fourth rounds that are picking up major, um, major yards for teams. So,
1: well, I think they would have addressed it in free agency if there was more guys to actually pick from, but it was pretty thin.
2: Love Bell's still a free agent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did What did James Connor get?
2: Like one and a high, half for one you year. You know what I
0: mean? Like, like, yeah. there's you're telling me that they wanted they're gonna utilize a high. You know, again, it's not a high draft pick, but for the Steelers, it is because they typically are picking in the last five usually. Um, I, I just don't see them taking that value when, like, like Crom said, Big Ben cannot move. Um, well, maybe. you have like, to protect him.
1: You might run with guys like Jalen Samuels or McFarland. Who's that? Is the rookie last year McFarland they took? Yeah.
2: McFarland.
1: Yeah. yeah. So they might just see what he's about to, they didn't play much last year. So I get that for sure. Um, move over to 25 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got Mr. Crom. Who do you have going here, sir?
2: So another one word is the, they need to take the best player available. Um, The Jets are, or not the Jets, the Jags and the Jets are in the situation where they have so many holes that they have to fill. Um, Christian Barmore is the pick here. He's probably the top D lineman Um, in the draft. He's the best player available. Take him. Don't overthink it. Don't load up on offensive weapons. You have James Robinson. You have DJ Chark. You have Leviska Chenault. Lawrence is going to come and be a star, but sure up one of the glaring holes that you have.
1: I've got the safety Trevin Morig going here because it's best player available again. Um, He kind of eliminates some of the holes on defense and uh, disrupts his ball skills are unmatched and he's a prototypical size and physicality for uh, that scheme in Jacksonville.
0: I 100% am going to agree with Crom. Uh, it's going to be Barmore. Um, Myers' philosophy rests on dominance in the trenches, and that's exactly what Barmore would bring to the Jacksonville defense. They did sign several linemen in free agency, but they lost Tyson alu Alulu. al Alulu Yeah, alu I got that right. To Pittsburgh uh, in free agency, so they need to add another impact player along the line.
1: All right, that concludes Jacksonville. I'll start with number 26, the Cleveland Browns. I've got Mr. Ryan Jones.
0: Uh, at 26, I have Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, linebacker, Notre Dame. Uh, Owusu-Koromoa can play all over the place while he lacks the prototypical linebacker size, just six-one and 215. Uh, the Fighting Irish star is an explosive athlete who can absolutely fly. Uh, With the NFL being so pass-happy, this athleticism is just too good to pass up here for the Browns. Um, He can play literally all over the field. He could drop back in coverage. He can rush. He can go side to side. Uh, It's just too much to pass up here. So, Owusu Koromoa here to the Browns.
2: I 100% agree. Um, And I was going to say they go edge, but they signed Clowney um they're trying to get into a win now mode and Coromoa is insane. I think he's going to be amazing. He's going to be a great NFLer and the this makes the Browns D that much better. This D is going to be crazy good next year and the Browns in general are going to be real good. So let's uh let's hope the offensive side with Baker I don't trust Baker as far as I can throw him, which isn't very far, but let's see uh, the Browns. The Browns look like they're ready to win.
1: I've got Christian Barmore going here, actually. I know they signed Clowney, but you lose Sheldon Richardson. Um, I get it. Clowney's like probably insufficient at best, but uh, Christian Barmore here would be a steal. So again, I don't know if he drops this far, but that's where I've gotten going is the Browns.
3: See, and you mentioned that they lose Richardson, but I have him being replaced by Levi. I don't know how to say his last name. Don't don't even ask me. <laughs> is it I Z O? I don't know. You can try. It's just the do You know how to say.
0: Well, no, is no, that how you say? No, it? no. no, no. He's talking about um. Oh, fuck. I don't know who he's talking about. Crumb. <laughs> I'm oh, done
3: O-N-W-U-Z-U-R-I-K-E.
1: I, I think he's like a projected late second rounder, if I'm not mistaken. He definitely is. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, though. <laughs> That's all right. Why do you have him going to Cleveland?
3: I have him going to Cleveland for the exact same reason. They replaced Sheldon Richardson. He's made... Because it, they made the defensive spot bigger than to fill. And I believe, you know what? He is very quickness off the snap is fantastic. He's also utilized as low center. He's got, sorry, he's got low center gravity and can make that and can hold the run game pretty well. So that's why I have him going there. And I will tell you where he played.
0: For anybody who's still sitting here listening to us try to fumble through this, it's Levi on Wuzurike. That's how you say it. Yep. Washington defensive tackle.
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: On Wuzurike. Just like, it, just like it's spelled.
1: All right, we'll move over yeah, to I would never uh, guess that. number 27, the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I've got Jalen Mayfield going here, the offensive lineman. Um, he's a four-star prospect, top 100 national recruit out of the Grand Rapids. Um, he played left tackle in, uh, in Ferris State, so you can kind of move him all over the place if you want to. And I think the Baltimore Ravens need to address that um, after getting rid of uh, – I'm totally blanking on his name right now. He just got traded to the Chiefs. So I Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I think they need to address that at 27 here.
0: I fully disagree with you. They are getting Staley back, so they do not need to address tackle more than they need to get some damn weapons for Lamar Jackson. I have Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver LSU, going here. Um, Brian, yet again, you are wrong. I, um, I'm going to tell you. Really... Hmm.
1: I've got Marshall going at 31 to the Ravens. So
0: <laughs> you're still wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they had an aggressive <laughs> pursuit of Juju Smith-Schuster. Apparently, um, pivoting to Sammy Watkins may re- may be a short-term boost, but they that should they have to they have to get that kid some weapons. Um, you can tell they've stacked, they've got the defenses are stacking against the run and and against the option from them. Um, and, uh, yeah, Terrace Marshall Jr. Goes here.
2: So I have Kadarius Toney going here. Uh, Lamar Jackson isn't exactly a huge deep threat thrower of the ball. Um, Marquise Brown kind of already fills that role too, where Terrace Marshall is more of a deep threat wide receiver. Kadarius Toney can run underneath. He can run the the short routes. He can create separation at the line and create the uh what Lamar Jackson will need to kind of hit those players in stride if he is throwing. Um so I have Kadarius Toney going here.
3: See, and I have Rashawn Bateman going here. You know, he's he's a versatile receiver, he plays slaughter outside, and you know what, he'll play well with Marquise. Devin and Sammy Watkins, So that's who I am going. Sean Bateman.
1: All right, number 28, we got the New Orleans Saints. Penny, I will start with you.
3: My team sucks. They're going to be bad next year. I hope they get second Chase. or third overall.
1: You got Taysom Hill.
3: I do not want to talk about quarterback situation because he ain't going to get one. <laughs> even though they goddamn need one because I don't like both of them. But see, I have Jeremiah going here. They're very they're spread very thin for linebacker. He steps in on the outside, lining up against slot receivers, and they're going to get something, and it's going to be whatever is kind of available.
0: I think Jeremiah is going to be available at this point for me. Again, but for anybody listening, it sucks. it's Jeremiah Owusa koromoa that he's trying to talk about. I'm <laughs> not going to say. I'm not going to say last I names. get that, but you can't say Jeremiah. And then start talking about a guy. Because there's probably 40 Jeremiah's in the draft. like The one from the Bible. Jeremiah was <laughs> a bull, bad, 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 bad. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I'm glad you're my, here, Ryan. Thank you. My musical interlude, I also have him taking a linebacker. But uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is long gone by now for me. So I have Jamin Davis, linebacker Kentucky, going here. Um, they definitely need... You look at his pro day he put up some absurd numbers and um he's definitely one of those uh, high high ceiling guys that probably isn't getting a lot of conversation that the saints love to target with first round draft picks so uh i have Jamin davis linebacker
2: so the saints are always really really good at developing players um i know we've talked about how jalen phillips Kind of has he's a little raw. He has a lot of un- talent that needs to be unlocked, and the Saints tend to take the players who are a little doing a little free fall. And Jalen Phil- Phillips is still on my board here, and this is where they take
1: Jalen Phillips. I've got Greg Newsom the second going here. Um, he plays the way did the way he did at Northwestern, a uh, potential shutdown corner to battle some of the high flying receiver corps in the NFC South. Um, among cornerbacks who were targeted twenty or more times, Newsom has led the country in fewest yards allowed, which is insane. I again don't know if he he drops this far, but the way this class is looking and how stacked it is, a lot of these guys might drop farther than we expect. Um, going over to number thirty, we got the Buffalo Bills. We got Ryan. Um, uh, Skip- uh, nope, twenty-nine Green Bay Packers. Oh, sorry, I skipped over the Green Bay Packers. I apologize. Twenty-nine Green Bay Packers. Got yes, Carls. don't forget the Packers. So God. they already have all the wide receiver. Penny. So,
2: I to say because Penny said they were going to take every wide receiver in pre-agency and they took almost none of them, I have them taking Terrace Marshall here. He'd be an ideal fit for the Packers. They finally grabbed somebody to play alongside Devontae Adams. He's a player who can take the top off the defense. Um, Adams is already your root runner superstar that Terrace Marshall played with Jamar Chase. And here's the ideal landing spot for both the Packers and Terrace Marshall and every fantasy football player in the world who's been waiting for the Packers to grab a second wide receiver.
1: I agree with you, um, but I think it's actually going to be Kadarius, or Kadarius Tony, sorry, for the fact that Matt LaFleur has actually come out and said that he likes his receivers to be able to block, and Terrence Marshall was graded really low on the blocking scale, so I've got Kadarius Tony going here.
0: You're both wrong, because because they need a wide receiver, they're not going to draft a wide receiver, <laughs> because that's what the Green Bay Packers do. They have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, even though I hate the Packers and yet they just want to continuously annoy him, let him suffer, and not have a contending team. Uh, so here I have Landon Dickerson, center Alabama, uh, going, because why not draft a center in the first round? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, uh, Dickerson led one of the best offensive lines in college football history, and he'll instantly be a hit in Green Bay. He is coming back from injury, Uh, but judging by some of the uh, things we saw on social media from his pro day, doing some cartwheels, seems like recovery is going well. Man, can that big man flip. Uh, This selection, again, isn't a first-round wide receiver, even though it should be, Um, but I I think that uh, uh, Mr. Belt might be okay with any uh, (laughs) offensive line upgrade. The discount double check. (laughs)
3: See, okay. uh, for me, I have the Packers doing what they've done for the last three years and trading up to get Killed Farley. They've done it the last three years. I believe that's who they're going to go for for a cornerback. That's where I have him going. Again, I have them trading up. But um, considering I, – I like to see how his back procedure is. I want to see how he's going to come back from it, but I think the Packers are going to try to trade up for him and take that chance.
1: All right, move over to the uh, the Buffalo Bills. I'll start with Ryan.
0: Uh I have the last uh, first round cornerback going here in Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback out of Florida State. The Bills' roster is extremely deep and talented, so there just really aren't that many needs to fill. However, they do well to come out of the first round, uh, round or two. Sorry with. Uh, additions at cornerback and on the D line, Samuel takes care of the former um, putting his playmaking skill straight into a lineup that was already one of the best in getting takeaways last year. So uh, Sante Samuel cornerback.
1: I've actually got another edge going here. I've got Jason away going here. Um, he did record or sorry. He failed to record any sacks last season, but uh, he ran a four three six forty yard dash. And he's a six foot five, 257 pound ridiculous player. Um, he does need some development and technique uh, skills to help him out there with the team. But uh, overall, I think his instincts are exceptional and I think he'll do good with Buffalo.
2: So because I still have Greg Newsom on the board, much to Ryan's take about them needing a quarterback to play off, opposite of Tredavious White, Greg Newsom goes to the Bills. There's not many holes. This is one of them. And Greg Newsom can fill that hole.
1: Greg Newsom, this, this. Oh, seconds. Not
2: a sponsor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Drake Original 16. Oh, also you not, a be a also be- not a sponsor. Also
1: not a sponsor. Who do you got here?
3: Uh, I have Jamin Davis going here, linebacker. Um, they need another compliment for Matt uh, Milano. They, they need to pick – they need to figure something out there, and he's still on my board, and that's who I pick on that one.
1: <laughs> no, that's totally fair. I'll go over to the Baltimore Ravens, previously the Kansas City's pick as of uh, – I think it was Saturday night or Friday night. Um, so I'll just go over the breakdown of the trade really quick. Kansas City gets Orlando Brown, a 2021 second-round pick, and a 2022 sixth-round pick. The Baltimore Ravens get a 2021 first-round pick, which is this pick, the third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a 2022 fifth-round pick. This is where I have steel. Oh yeah. Steal for the
0: chiefs. You, you move back 27 spots, get an all pro tackle, uh, which was, uh, after our NFL free agency conversation, the biggest hole they had. Yes. They spent a ton of money on guards, Brian, but guards don't block the blind side. Uh, They're interchangeable. You can do whatever they you are want not to. interchangeable. I swear to God. Uh, and he's still in his rookie deal too. Yeah, and he's still in his rookie deal. Yes, he's going to want to get paid. Hopefully, they can work something out. Um, It's not like the Ravens did badly in this deal. They do have uh, Ronnie Staley coming back, so they didn't really need Orlando Brown. Um, They do get some assets moving forward, but uh, absolute master class by the Chiefs.
1: And this is where I've got Terrence Marshall Marshall Jr. going. Um, He's arguably one of the best receivers in the class, 6'2", 205 pounds. He fits the mold of what the Ravens are looking for for their young franchise quarterback. And uh, he's the big receiver that can make the 50-50 catch. I think he's going to work really well with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson.
2: So I have the Ravens replacing Orlando Brown with Sam Cosme. I know they have Ronnie Staley coming back. um, But Sam Cosme can kind of sit in, uh, doesn't have to start right away. He can kind of develop a little bit. Um, and he is kind of the last solid, um, tackle in this kind of grouping, um, with Alex Leatherwood. Um, and so he is still there and they take him because they already solved their problem earlier at wide receiver with Kadarius Toney in my draft.
0: Uh, yeah, Brian, you're wrong again. They already took Terrace Marshall at 27. So (laughs) shocker, uh, Brian's wrong. (laughs) <laughs> um I have them going after Edge Jason Owe out of Penn State. Uh look, this kid is probably one of the most interesting prospects in the entire draft. He looks like a freak of nature, but very, very, very raw. He did show incredible burst off the edge um during his time at Penn State. Um, so this is again, they already got their help at wide receiver at 27 and not at 31, like Brian said. Um, so they can go ahead and kind of kind of take a swing for the, the fences and and uh, again it's uh it's it's kind of found house money at this point so uh, yeah Jason Norway, edge Penn State and I
3: have to agree with Crom on this one because he <laughs> said what I had written down <laughs>
1: I agree with you Crom nice okay we'll finish it off with a number 32 pick um the Tampa Bay we will start with Penn. See, this
3: is where I have Gregory Rousseau going. Uh, he's an excellent fit to the Tampa Bay um, play style. He can play the five technical or five technique and give the veterans Williams. Um, is it is it Da Nugon? Da Nukon? Oh, you, in way. Way?
0: you mean what? <laughs> what uh, you saying know, his last
3: name. His last name's Su- Sai. Indomitian
2: Sue, hey, there you go. <laughs> man, I was looking for like Yannick Ngocwe. I man. was like, I don't think he plays for the Bucks. You guys got to
3: give me a break with the dyslexia. You make... It's fucking very hard to read. You realize that, right?
1: <laughs> You're it's just funny, okay. man. It's so good. You're doing really well.
3: I appreciate that, Ryan, and I thank you for the help.
0: I got Maybe you. Should... <laughs> <always> <laughs> I got you. This is a one great one. take. This is a great take. I like the take.
1: <laughs> gets... uh, I can't I'll, go uh, anywhere. I've going. also got Edge here. I've got Joseph Osai going here. Uh, finished 2020 with 55 total tackles, conference leading 16 tackles for loss, uh, five sacks, three forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, two pass breakups, two quarterback hurries in nine games. He's gross. I don't know if he'll drop this far, but I know Tampa Bay needs the, a little bit of help at Edge, so uh, I think this will be good.
0: Um, I think you're all forgetting that King Tom Brady plays there, and they're going to do whatever Tom Brady wants, which means get Tom Brady weapons. I have Kadarius Toney going here. Uh, He is kind of the last of the wide receivers that I think are first-round talents. Um, It's just too hard to pass up on here. They are returning, essentially, their entire Super Bowl-winning roster, so why not take another home run swing, get some young, talented – Uh, Weapons, Uh, you get him. You'll have Scotty Miller still. Uh, Plus, uh, you have Godwin Evans, Gronk. Did I not just see they re-signed AB? Um,
1: Don't forget Edelman's coming over.
0: No, he's going home. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, I've got Canarias Tony going here.
2: For me, uh, like you said, they're returning most of their Super Bowl roster. So they are in a win now mode. They are going to grab the top player available for me, that is Gregory Rousseau. Um, if not if not Rousseau, you're going to see a Zayvon Collins, Joe Tyron. Um, edge is kind of one of their their needs a little bit for a rotational edge piece to rush the quarterback. You have three players who all need to develop into better players. It's 32. You can plug and play, put them in a rotation, and pick one of those three, and you're going to get similar um, stats, what have you production from the three of them take one of the three and hopefully push for back-to-back
1: super bowls before i finish her off here i just want to point out a little bit of quick news as we were talking about it earlier is newly for sorry the new player patrick peterson for the vikings has changed his number to number seven which he played in college like crom had mentioned earlier just come out and stated that so
0: so I wonder if he gets around the merchandise role because he's a new player for a new team.
1: That was actually my next question. I don't understand if he... I
0: think so. I would think, although it would really depend on the contract between the merchandising. Who's got the merchandise right now? Is it Reebok? Is it Adidas? Is it Nike? Who's got it? I Darius, Reebok. Whichever right. one of those multi-trillion corporations that have it. <laughs> um i would assume that it's dependent on the the their their scheduling and, and the dates and stuff for when you had to have that in so but okay, cool first guy to change his number hey <laughs> i was surprised <laughs> it didn't go 44 that's <laughs> a it's a hot Somebody number already had it uh, yeah hot number. Number. <laughs> hot number hot number hot number you couldn't already pay for that
1: thanks for listening to the podcast
2: we are oh, the wait first- hold on before we before oh, we take oh, off here, oh. I do want to bring up the Fernando Tatis and Trevor Bauer situation. Has anybody seen that? Wasn't he hot, Trevor...
0: was hot dogging it or something? Or...
2: Yes, Tatis hit two home runs off of Trevor Bauer. The first one um, in spring training, Trevor Bauer came out and said he was pitching most of spring training with one eye open. And so after yeah. his first home run, he rounded rounded first base and covered up one eye. And then on the second home run, he proceeded to, after touching home, Connor McGregor walk off the field, which Trevor Bauer is known to do after striking out players. And, And then in the interview after, the reporter asked Trevor Bauer how he felt about it. He's like, I didn't see the first one, second one. I mean, he's hit two home runs off me. So, I mean, it's cool. If you hit a home run, celebrate it, right? You're supposed to celebrate it. This adds to the make baseball fun again situation from a couple of years ago and also adds to the rivalry between the Dodgers and Padres, which lots of people have as the best two teams. I love it. I want to watch these games every from here on out between the Padres and the Dodgers.
0: I think it's unreal. So I'm going to give the decision to Trevor, Trevor Bauer here just because he makes $1 million more a year than <laughs> Fernando Tatis. <laughs> Did <laughs> play that um it's all about who's got the biggest stick and trevor bauer's got the biggest stick. no look listen trevor bauer's a weirdo he's odd um and the, 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 the jr is a superstar in the making um this is absolutely great for baseball uh it is a boring game as it is so the more fun uh storylines uh drama that they can come up from this stuff is incredible um, I think that Trevor Bauer needs to uh, learn to pitch away from Fernando Tatis <laughs> if he wants to not get, you know, pip walked around on, frankly. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and, 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 and Trevor and, Bauer? No, it's Trevor <laughs> Bauer. Um, but no, like, in all honesty, like, why, like, why is this a thing? Uh, again, I, 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 I get that there's showmanship and playfulness. You know that Tatis is going to get hit next time they, they play baseball, they're going to throw at him, it's going to cause more drama. It's great. It's absolutely great. It's kind of like Big Brother, but on steroids. Wait, they don't do steroids anymore, right? Wait.
2: (laughs) So that's what Trevor Bauer was asked about. And he was like, all those pitchers who are throwing at people are soft. He flat out called them soft because he was like, a guy hit a home run off you, it pimped you, and you're upset over him hitting a home run, he beat you.
0: Yeah, and now he's in a Twitter beef with a 21-year-old from whatever (laughs) Latin American country. (laughs) Like... Again, I, I love it's, uh, I, again. He, they're 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 two very unique personalities. They're both great for baseball. It gets away from the 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 old school, the you know the the Jeters and the Mariano Rivera's and the guys like that. Did you see the report today that the Angels and the Yankees actually talked swapping for Aaron Judge? Could you imagine if that happened? They'd have two of the best young baseball players in playing in Los Angeles, and they still wouldn't make the playoffs because they don't have a pitching core.
2: <laughs> you mean Shohei Otani pitching once every five days?
0: is? Uh, they win not. one in five. <laughs> go! Everybody, everybody, go put money on the Angels every five days.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We are the Forest Sportsman. Uh, as always, we'll be here every Monday. You can find us on SoundCloud, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you guys later. See ya.